<coughs> good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Chaye Sarah. Parshas Chaye Sarah conveniently is divided into three parts. The first 20 psukim deal with the acquisition of a burial plot for Sarah, teaching Klal Yisrael throughout the centuries that there is a very important concept of Kever Yisrael, of a Jew being buried in a Jewish cemetery. And I emphasize the word buried because, unfortunately, um, people who are uneducated and don't realize the significance of the word burial will oftentimes opt for other options, God forbid cremation, or even above-ground burial. And the halacha is that Jewish law teaches that a Jew is to be buried as opposed to other alternatives. The next 67 psukim deal with the acquisition of a wife for Yitzchak, and we see what the Torah stresses. You want to know what's going to make a good wife? She's got to be a giving person. She's got to be a person of chesed, one that is willing to go out of a way to help others. That's the nature and character that's going to build the Jewish community. And finally, the last 18 psukim deal with the passing of uh, Avraham and that of Yishmael. I'd like to focus on something which I find very interesting and striking and different as part of the 67 uh, psukim that the Torah tells us of the story of Eber Avram, whom we know as Eliezer, his implementation of this very interesting mission. I want to focus on one small detail which I believe is going to teach us something very significant, and that is as follows. Throughout the Torah, whenever an individual is uh, recorded in terms of his genealogy, we're told who the father is. And three times in Parshas Chayesara, we find that the Torah mentions not only a father, but the mother or grandmother. I'm talking about the fact that Milka receives front and center attention in our parsha. When Rivka is introduced to us, when Eliezer immediately uh, finishes his prayer to Hashem, that the girl who comes and offers him and his camel's water, that's the girl. So the Torah tells us immediately that and behold, Rivka Yotzeis, and who is this Rivka? A Sheyulda who was born to Lipsuel ben Milka, Bisuel, the son of Milka, only later telling us that who is Milka? Milka is the wife of Nachor, and so we know that Bisuel is the son of Milka and Nachor. But Milka, the mother, is mentioned first. And that's in Pusik 15, Pusik 24. When Eliezer asks her, who she is, she says, Bas Bisuel Anochi, 
right? My father is Besuel, but instead of saying Ben Nochor, it's Ben Milka. Once again, the mother's name, Asher Yoldol Nochor. And finally, at the end, when Eliezer repeats the story to her family, the same thing is done. Eliezer switches the order a little bit and saying that the girl said to me, she's Bas Besuel Ben Nochor, but once again, Asher Yoldolo Milka. That Milka was the uh, uh, grandmother. Okay, so the question here is why? Why is Milka mentioned and why? Three times, I don't know, but I think clearly the Torah is emphasizing. And what is it that the Torah is emphasizing in a very tsanua way, in a very hidden way, the incredible effect of the woman, the mother, on the children. And so if Rivka is the way she is, where did this come from? Rivka had a Milka. Now who is Milka? Well, Milka appears for the first time in the end of Parshas Noach. At the end of Parshas Noach, the Torah tells us chapter 11, and this is Pasuk 29, that Avram and Nochar, both sons of Terach, and there's a third brother, as we'll see in a moment, Haran. So Avram and Nochar marry. Shem Eshes Avram Sarai. Avram's wife is Sarai. And Nochar's wife is Milka. Now who are these two girls? Bas Haron. They are the daughters, each of them. They are sisters. Sarai and, Noch- and Milka. They are the daughters of Haron. As the Torah says, the father of Milka and the father of Yiska. Now, what does that mean when the Torah says that he's the father of these two girls? Interestingly, Sarah, as Rashi tells us, is referred to as Yiska. And what is Yiska? Rashi tells us literally soaking, saturated with Ruach HaKodesh, that she was not only a spiritual individual, but she was an individual who had the ability of prophecy. And as we know later on in Parshas Vayera, last week's Parsha, when Sarah says, get rid of Hagar and the negative Yishmael, the negative influence of Yishmael, her son, and the Torah says, Vayera, that this appeared very bad to Avraham, who settles the marriage dispute between Avraham and Sarah? None other than Hashem himself. And what does Hashem say? Shema Bekola, listen to Sarah. And what does Rashi teach us on that verse where Hashem says, Shema Bekola? So Rashi says, Lomadnu, from here we learn, Shoya Avram Tofel Lissara Binavius, that Avram was second to Sarah 
in the realm of prophecy. So we see that the Torah is teaching us, not explicitly, but very clearly beneath the surface of the great ability of Sarah, her incredible character, possessing the uh, attribute of prophecy. And I will give you the exact source. It is in Yalkut Shimoni on Parshas Balak, chapter 766, and I quote, the Omru Rabosenu, our rabbis taught us, Kol Nevi'e Umos, all the prophets of the Gentile Ha'olam, Min Milka Omdu. They all descended from Milka. Wow! The Medrash is teaching us that just like Sarah was excelled in prophecy, so too did her sister Milka. Oh, that's number one. Secondly, their destinies are tied together. At the end of last week's parsha, right after the Akedah, the Torah says, After these things, Avram was informed, Mazel Tov, Milka, your sister-in-law, gave birth, but I left out intentionally two, two words, Gamhi. What's this Gamhi? And the rabbis point out that clearly their destiny was the same, that as Sora had trouble conceiving, so too did Milka, and it's only when Sora conceived that Milka conceived as well. And where do we see that? Take a look, my friends, at Targum Yonasan ben Uziel on that Pasuk, chapter 22, Pasuk 20. And what does he say? Uf he, she too, is Ravachas, became pregnant and gave birth to children. Bishusa da Achsa in the merit of her sister, Sarah. The destiny of these two women is intricately tied together very, very strongly in terms of their nature, in terms of their character. Ah, now maybe we understand why the Torah mentions Milka three times, teaching us of the powerful influence of the Jewish woman. I think it's so appropriate that the very beginning of this week's parsha does the same. The rabbis tell us on the first verse that Sarah lived for 127 years. Wait a minute. We find that number, Sechazal, in the opening pasuk of Megillah's Esther. And the Medrash Rabbah, at the beginning of Parshas Chaisora asks, why is it that Esther was privileged to become the queen over 127 provinces? And they answer, because of the merit of Sarah Imenu. It's as if HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Sarah, 
you've done so much good in your life. What would you like? Your reward now in Olam Haba, or generations later when your children are going to be in trouble and is going to be your great 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 granddaughter Esther and she will be able to save the people would you want your merits to go there HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts sorrows many wonderful deeds the Nefesh Asher Asu Bechoran her partnering in Avram with Gemilas Chasadim her partnering with Avram in converting the women of the day HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts her deeds in the divine bank of Chesed and therefore Rabbi Kiva taught the people who in his day the Medrash says Rabbi Akiva was Yosheva Vidoresh was teaching the people were dozing off it doesn't mean dozing off literally it means unfortunately they were giving up how can we defeat the Romans says Rabbi Akiva we have something in our arsenal that they don't have and what is that Sora Imenu and therefore in the schus of Sora did Esther and the Jewish people overcome the threat of Haman, so too we will overcome the threat of the Romans based upon the schus of the Jewish woman. And let's just conclude with that beautiful tefillah which the Jewish woman recites every Friday afternoon when she lights Shabbos candles. Now we know there's the practice that many fathers have to bless their children right before Kiddush on Friday night, and that is with a one-liner. Yisim chalukim kefrayim uchimenashe, yisimech chalukim kesor rifka rachavaleya. Yes, there is that long tefillah that fathers bless their sons and daughters on Erev Yom Kippur. But look at the long tefillah that the women recite and cry on every Friday afternoon. And it was made into that beautiful song, Vizakeni, Legadel Bonim Uvnevonim. Please give me the privilege to raise children and grandchildren, Chachomim Univonim, who are wise and understanding. Oave Hashem, love Hashem, Yere Elokim, fear God. Anshe Emes, people of truth, and Zera Kodesh, holy offspring, listen carefully, Bashem Devekim, attached to Hashem, Umeirim Olam, who illuminate the world, Batora Uvemasim Tovim, with their Torah and their good deeds, Uvachom Meleches Avodas Habore. Baruch Hashem, we too have in our arsenal the great, outstanding tears, prayers of the Jewish woman who put our children in the right direction. And thank God we are getting ready and closer to the ultimate finish line. Thanks to the Jewish woman. Shabbat Shalom to all.